Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. You can find all three of those books on Amazon, and you can also find them at my website, dorendawilson.com. I've got a new book coming out March 5th called Raising Boys to Men, a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. You guys, I'm so excited about this book. I can't wait to get it into your hands. The best way to keep up with what's going on with the book, when it's coming out, when there are incentives, freebies, and things to go with it. And also when we're going to be creating a launch team, I encourage you to subscribe to my email newsletter. So what's going to happen is when you do that, you actually get free access to my devotional, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. So I hope you'll uh, go there to my website and sign up for the email list. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources. And when it comes to math, CTC Math is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many a reluctant learner into a math enthusiast. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this, Witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. Today, I'm going to be talking about becoming wise women of God. You know, we often hear that wisdom comes with age, but only if we're teachable along the way, even in the most difficult of situations. Now, I learned a lesson about a year and a half ago that I will never forget. As many of you know, in 2022, my family had a harrowing experience with CPS. The accusations were ultimately proven to be 100% false, but all of this affected us deeply. I've since learned that our situation would have looked very differently if we had been members of Heritage Defense. Heritage Defense is a nonprofit legal advocacy organization defending Christian homeschool families against CPS. As we experience more and more pushback as believing families, I encourage you to consider becoming a member. Just go to heritagedefense.org for more information. I will leave a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get there. I will also leave a link to that episode that I did sharing our story um, with CPS. I've been praying and pondering this episode for several weeks now as I wanted to start the new year focused on what I believe is one of the most important goals that we as wives and moms can devote ourselves to, and that is becoming wise women of God. So back in October, I did an episode called Thoughts on Concerns About 2024. I'll leave a link in the show notes if you didn't get a chance to listen to that. But one of the main points of that episode was simply acknowledging the fact that 2024 has the potential to be a wild year for many reasons. Now, my purpose in doing that episode was not to instill fear, but rather to help us prepare our hearts. Now, I don't know about you, but 2020 and that whole fiasco felt like 
we got hit by a bus, right? And so I thought it would be wise to consider looking ahead and thinking, what is this election year going to look like? Um, There's so many things, uh, so many moving parts right now that are somewhat disturbing the, the the things at the border in terms of just open borders and what's going on there. And um, there are a lot of things to be concerned about. There are a lot of things that really lend themselves to the potential for some pretty um, interesting, I can't really predict how, but some interesting situations that may be happening in 2024. Again, this is not to scare you. This is not to instill fear. This is so that we can stop and say, okay, Lord, how do we prepare our hearts for this? Because we don't know what's going to unfold, but God does. Nothing is a mystery to him. We trust in his sovereignty. We trust in his goodness. We know that he does all things well. We know that all of the nations, including our government, are in the hands of the Lord, and he does with them as he pleases. However, obviously, there can be negative ramifications, and we have to be prepared in such a way that we are going to put our hope and our trust in God. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to be um, disturbed in our spirits in terms of for any length of time, obviously, when negative things happen, they should bother us. It should evoke that type of emotion in us. But at the end of the day, we always have to bring everything back around to God's word and framing, using the framework of God's word to filter these situations through. But as I had been praying for the Lord to prepare my heart for 2024 and asking him the question, what do we as wives and moms really need in 2024? What stood out to me was the need for us to become wise women of God. So this will be kind of the theme or main focus of the podcast throughout 2024. You know, although I do think that what I typically share on the podcast lends itself to becoming wise women of God, I felt convicted to make this theme um, just a main focus as we navigate the potentially turbulent waters of the next year so that by the time we enter 2025, we'll look back and see significant growth in our walk with the Lord and our perspective on what's going on around us. That is my prayer for you and for me. So we're gonna do this together because moms, I cannot say that I won't freak out because I have, and I know I have the potential to do that. But I think that as we are walking this out together and the Lord is, we're walking with the Lord as we, as these things unfold and we're looking to his word, we're going to find the comfort and the peace that we need and the wisdom that we need. But it requires us to be, uh, to have that kind of mindset. So I remember um, that what I was going to share is every year, when I pack up my Christmas stuff, I always have this thought that goes through my mind. What are we going to walk through this year? What what is going to be different next year compared to this year? Well, a couple of things that I can note, obviously the grandkids are older. Our 
a son and daughter-in-law and four kids moved in downstairs. We have a new grandbaby due in January. These are all wonderful, wonderful, good blessings. Um, There are difficult things that happen, but I can't even think of one right now. So, you know, we just don't know um, in terms of what the coming year is going to bring. And I just think it is wise for us to keep in view that we want um, that we want to be wise women of God and we want to keep the Lord ever before us. You think about that verse in the Psalms that says, um, because the Lord is ever before me, um, basically I will not be afraid. Because I put the Lord, I set the Lord always before me, I will not be afraid. I think that's what the verse said. It's something along those lines, but you can see the intentionality of the focus being on the Lord, not on our circumstances, not on our emotions, um, but on the Lord. And so that's really what we want to do. But because we live in a culture that gives us access to an infinite amount of information, we can sometimes make the mistake of thinking that we're wise. But there is a vast difference between knowledge and wisdom. The dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. One can be knowledgeable without being wise. I'll give you an example. Knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to use it and when to keep it holstered. A more lighthearted example would be knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to use it in a fruit salad. So we can even have loads of Bible knowledge without having wisdom. It takes wisdom to apply that knowledge properly. That's what wisdom is, taking that knowledge and applying it properly. And that is what we are going to slowly learn to do more of over the coming year. This should always be our goal, but I love that we can we can just we can have this as a theme this year on the podcast. Now you might be wondering if this is going to make the podcast any different? And the answer is not really. I will still have guests on the show. I'll still talk about homeschooling, motherhood, and marriage. Um, I plan to share the top 10 books that have influenced me the most over the years and how they have helped me become wiser. It'll also, I'll also be emphasizing the need to slow down so we can be intentional in our day-to-day rhythms. I think many moms are feeling this right now. You know, one of the reasons I believe the unhurried homeschooler has been so successful is not because of great marketing or because my writing is so wonderful, but because it resonated with moms, uh, with what moms already know to be true about their kids and about the need to slow down our pace and enjoy these years with our kids. I know for a fact that it was the simple rhythms of daily life that God spoke to me the most. That's where he spoke to me the most over the years. When my hands were busy with the supposedly mundane tasks of being a wife, a mom, and a homemaker. And what I want for all of you is I want women to turn their hearts toward home because we can't control what's going on in the world. We do what we can. Obviously, we're going to vote and that kind of thing. But 
we, there's so much that's out of our control, but we can create a refuge from all of that within our own homes where our children are experiencing beauty and goodness and innocence. And we can create that in our own homes. We don't have control out here, but we can control what's happening in our own homes in terms of the spirit that is in our homes. So I think it's something we, um, I know, I do on a regular basis and am, and I'm so grateful that the Lord showed me that years ago that 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 our home needed to be a refuge and a place to get away from the craziness of the world. And so that's still the case today even though our kids are grown they love to come over. They love to spend time at our house. They love they just relax and you can see them just letting down. And that's what I want. I wanted that for them while they were growing up. And I want them this for them as adults and then for the grandchildren as well. But in order to become, oh, some of the, sorry, some of the topics, I want to mention this first. Some of the topics I'm prayerfully considering are ones that it, uh, ones like what it looks like to live our theology out daily in our homes, um, using critical thinking in our use of social media, developing a theology of suffering and a theology of work in ourselves and our kids, why teaching manners is important, talking about reactive versus responsive homeschooling, um, talking about motherhood. Are we uh, Do we have purpose or is, this, is it purpose or performance that's driving us? Uh, talking about waiting on the Lord, making our homes a place of refuge physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and visiting the scripture a lot to find comfort and wisdom because it's the only place we can find true wisdom. As current events unfold, I may also spend a little time putting them into a biblical perspective as the Lord leads. So in order to become wise women of God, we need to be in the word, listening to solid biblical teaching and learning from women who are further down the road when we are than we are. We can't let ourselves be distracted by influencers who may be well-meaning and creative in their content, but don't have the wisdom that we need and should be seeking as women of God. We need to seek God's wisdom and tune out unnecessary voices so that we can hear the one God's voice, the one voice that really, really matters. I'll give you a bit of a, an example from my current life situation um, the last few days have just been a real struggle. It's kind of a collision of several things. Um, and I, I won't go into all the details. Well, I'll tell you a little bit. Struggling with our son who is on the spectrum. And uh, for some reason, he was doing much, much better for a while. And for some reason, he's just been struggling the last four to six weeks. And, you know, we're praying, we're asking the Lord for wisdom. We've got some ideas as to direction, but this whole journey with him has been so much more about waiting on the Lord and not trying to push things and not trying to make things happen, but waiting on the Lord. And it and there's a certain amount of suffering and waiting because you just want 
to help. You just want to make things better and you can't. And I, it just, it just sort of all came crashing down on me the other day. And um, I just, I spent a good amount of time crying, which is what I needed to do. I don't cry easily. Um, so when I do cry, it's a, it's a great relief for me. And I was thankful that I was able to do that. But I also been struggling even before that, just spiritually and um, somewhat emotionally and just kind of personal type type things. And I called a friend of mine who's been like a Titus II mom to me for years and years. She's well into her 70s. She's in her upper 70s. and But just a faithful, faithful woman of God who spends hours in the Word every day because she can. She's at the season of life where she can do that. She spends copious amounts of time in prayer. She's also in the word with her husband. And so this is a woman that I can reach out to and know that she is in full active um, fellowship with the Lord. So I called her and talked to her and she was just so sweet and she always keeps things so simple and straightforward. And she doesn't necessarily try to give me answers. She made some suggestions, but when it was all said and done, she just said, just let me pray over you. And so she prayed over me and I needed it so much. And I was so thankful for it. I still didn't have answers, but I knew that that, that was okay, you know? Um, and I felt that love and that support from her. But at the end of the day, when that's over, you have to go back to your life and you still have to face the same things. And so my real question was, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? How do I walk through this well? And that was really my question to the Lord. How do I honor and glorify you in this? We would call it a trial or an affliction. Um, and, and it was interesting because the one thing that stood out to me in my conversation with my Titus II mom, Carol Ann, was how much she talked about the goodness of God, the tenderness of God, his love for us, his perfection, his holiness, all of these things that when she was saying it, I had zero emotion, emotional response to it, which told me something was dead inside <laughs> and something needed to have life breathed into it. My spirit did, you know, and so my emotions, my, you know, all of it. And so I, I did bring all that to the Lord, but mostly I was just quiet and just asked the Lord for wisdom. And what came to mind was, was I kept going back to the way that she was talking about the Lord. And it dawned on me that the very best thing that I could be doing and practicing right now is just whenever I find my mind going, you know, just sort of wandering or maybe I'm starting to get stressed or whatever, to stop and start thinking about the goodness of God. Either the goodness of God and the sovereignty of God and the power of God that I've seen throughout Scripture you can just go to different stories in the Bible and you can see the hand of God and, and what he did for his people. I also look at my own life and see those places in my life, those defining moments where he was so incredibly faithful. And so just pondering and meditating on and focusing on who God is, it makes such a difference. It's such a peaceful, peaceful place to be. And it gets my mind off of me and my ever-changing thoughts and circumstances and emotions and onto a God who is unchanging. Don't you love that truth is objective, not subjective? 
God is always and forever and completely who he says he is, no matter how I feel, no matter what I'm walking through. And he is present in my life in the in the presence of the Holy Spirit who comforts and guides and counsels my heart through scripture and again, remembering who he is. Now, I happened to run across Psalm 107, and this might have been what sparked the later thought about remembering, but I want to read this to you because it's just so beautiful. Psalm 107, 107, verses 34 to 43. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water and dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad while the wicked are struck silent. And here's the verse that stood out to me. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Don't you love that? You can tell as I was reading through this, this the ebb and flow that happens. If you look back, if you know anything about history or even your own life, you can see this ebb and flow where there's a there's these times of just prosperity and blessing and then things happen and there's oppression and people, you know, God's people can become impoverished and oppressed. And yet he's saying here, that he still takes care of his people. And I feel like in this country right now, we are experiencing what I would call the judgment of God. We started out as an incredibly deeply Christian nation for all intents and purposes. Even if all of our founding fathers weren't Christians, they had a set of morals that aligned mostly with Christian principles. And they took what they had learned from their tyrannical governments and they and they they created this framework for our country. And we have been blessed uh, generation after generation because of their faithfulness and and the faithfulness of the people that came after them. But then that deteriorated as it always does. And for generations now, our country has been moving away from the Lord and his ways. Now, I believe that that can change, but right now there is an element of judgment. I believe that's being poured out. We have the president we have because we have the people we have in our country. Whether there was cheating or not, God allowed the current president to be elected. He allowed it. And so The thing that's interesting about judgment, if you look throughout scripture, two things. Number one, whenever there's judgment, God still takes care of his people. He still takes care of his people. He is still with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us, okay? The second thing is that um, when 
when there's judgment, it doesn't stop at judgment. It, it always is followed by redemption. So God is at work. Things are not, they feel out of control. They feel as though they're just whirling like crazy and that can cause us to become fearful. We need to be careful that we do not let fear get a grip on us. Um, I love what it says in Habakkuk when he talks about though there, though there be no, basically no grapes on the grapevine, no olives on the trees, yet I will praise the Lord. He was basically saying, God is always in control. He is always worthy of our praise and our worship and our trust. And so the challenge for the coming year is for you and me to deepen our walk with the Lord and our trust in Him. One of the most helpful bits of wisdom that I've ever put into practice and continue to put into practice is recognizing the wisdom in simplicity. Simple routines and rhythms that help to hush the outside voices and create an atmosphere in our home that reflects the gospel and the peace of Christ. So this is about letting Christ rule in our homes. Now you might wonder what that looks like and so much of it has to do with our obedience to God and letting the Holy Spirit lead us throughout the day. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have a plan, but rather, like it says in Proverbs, we make our plans, but God directs our steps. So we go into our days with plans, but also with open hands and open hearts to what God has for us that day. So moms, may we be found faithful to encourage each other and to put our full trust in God as we walk through 2024 together. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to just be here with these moms, Lord, these women of God who are diligently working to honor and glorify you, to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of you, to nurture their marriages, to have godly marriages. Lord, none of us has a perfect life. We have so many things that we don't understand about our lives that we don't have figured out. But God, nothing, nothing is a mystery to you. Thank you for that. Thank you that you do all things well, that you have complete and utter control, that you lovingly, care for us. Lord, you reminded me of that verse the other day that talked about how um, if you, being good parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, um, don't you believe that your heavenly Father will give good gifts to you if you'll ask? And that's paraphrased, but Lord, that is the gist of what that passage says. And it was such a beautiful reminder to me that we just need to come to you and ask you for what we want and for what we need and trust that you will give us what is good. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. I ask for your blessing and for your spirit to just be poured out over these women as they move into 2024. Lord, be with us as we walk through this year. I pray that through this podcast, Lord, you would reach even more women who could can be encouraged and in their walk with you, in their marriages, in their homeschooling, and in their motherhood. Lord, I just thank you uh, for every listener here. 
And I just thank you for every marriage represented here, every family represented here. God, may we move forward this year pressing into you and advancing the kingdom of God and doing the very important mission of raising our children for you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to homeschool them and to, and to disciple them. God, show us how to do that well this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.